Cause we got the alternative energy right. On a nuclear free autonomy And welcome to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network Hello and welcome to the Radioactive Show I'm Michaela And today I've got with me our new Radioactive Show presenter, Mara Today we're bringing you some good news about a win against a proposed uranium mine at Yuliri on Wangutha country in Western Australia last week. Nearly 3,000 people lodged submissions with the West Australian Environmental Protection Agency in opposition to Cameco's proposed uranium mine at Yuliri. On the 3rd of August, the EPA recommended that the Yuliri project be rejected because the proposal would threaten the viability of some species of subterranean fauna, in particular stygofauna. Traditional owners and environmentalists welcomed the decision but are still wary. Today we'll be speaking with Richard Evans, Gora Elder and co-founder of the West Australian Nuclear Free Alliance, and Mia Pepper from the Conservation Council of Western Australia. But first, a little background. Yuliri is located about 420 kilometres north of Kalgoorlie, 70 kilometres southwest of Woolena, in the Midwest region of Western Australia, the land of the Wangatha people. Yuliri is the name of a local sheep station, and in the local Aboriginal language means place of death. In 1973, Western Mining Corporation founded a uranium deposit there. In 1979, they submitted a proposal for the development of an open-cut mine or treatment plant, town and services for 850 employees. Environmental approval was given by both state and federal governments. Trial mines were dug in the 1980s, which found the first large-scale calcrete ore body in the world. It is estimated that around 195 tonnes of yellowcake was mined in these trials. WMC spent $35 million preparing the development of the mine, which halted when the 1983 federal election saw the introduction of the ALP's three mines policy. In 2005, the mine was brought by BHP, who concluded one stage of exploration mining. In 2007, the ALP removed their policy limiting uranium mining, but WA kept its ban at a state level, until a change of government in 2009 saw the Liberal government lift the ban on uranium. In 2012, Canadian mining company Cameco bought the deposit from BHP for $430 million. In 2014, Cameco referred a proposal for a 9-kilometre-long, 1.5-kilometre-wide and 10-metre-deep open-pit mine to the WA Environmental Protection Authority. Cameco wanted to double the weight of production that was proposed by previous owners BHP. This means increasing water demand using 8.7 million litres of water a day. In 2015, the project was released for public environment review. Earlier this month, the EPA made a recommendation to reject the Yuliri proposal. The final decision will be made by the WA Environment Minister, Albert Jacob. Cameco is the second biggest uranium miner in the world. They have a long history of incidents that impact adversely on traditional owners, communities and the environment. A table documenting these incidents can be found on the Conservation Council of WA's website, ccwa.org.au. The Wangatha traditional owners have been fighting this project for 40 years. Mining at Yuliri would destroy cultural heritage sites and have other cultural and social impacts. They asked for guarantees that their land and animals would not be contaminated. Whilst the mine was still under the ownership of BHP Billiton, they directed the Central Desert Native Title Service to no longer negotiate or discuss uranium mining in an act of opposition to any plans to mine uranium. We're joined by Richard Evans, 
to tell us more about the struggle that they've had opposing this mine for the last 40 years. Please, can you just say your name and introduce yourself? My name is Richard Evans. I'm a travel leader for the Guada people here in the, um, in the northeastern Goldfields, um, Western Australia. And, um, yeah, just that, that's, that's me here. And tell me how you've been involved in the Yiliri campaign and how it's impacted on you. I have been probably involved for the last 40 years um, because of my ancestral uh, uh, people who have fought so long. I'm just filling in the role now of um, what my um, leaders before me have, uh, have been doing. That's why I'm involved with it. And what do you think of last week's decision by the EPA? Last week's decision was great. Um, we, we're ecstatic about it. We're, uh, yeah, we're just overwhelmed with, with um, uh, gladness that it's, that it's uh, happened that way. Mm. What happens next, do you think? Um, more than likely, um, the miner um, has, would, would probably um, try and find a way through it all. And uh, we will be stopping them from going any further than what they're doing now. What can people do to help you? Uh, what people can do is donate to uh, what we what we call in West Australia the West Australian Nuclear Free Alliance. Um, that's WANFA, and also um, to ANFA, the Australian Nuclear Free Alliance. So. Um, the support is financial support for us to continue doing that, uh, the walk and um, the conferences that, that are happening next next month in um, on the 9th and the 11th. Uh, Anfa is having there. We will be having our um, conference in Kalgoorlie next month there. So the conference is going to happen. So um, we would like people to help us by donating to help us achieve the things that we uh, are uh, doing out here on the land. Now, we're only, what, who we're doing it for is for the people out there in general as, as well, because whatever affect us here, um, it will it will affect you guys over there. So we're just trying to stop that effect from uh, happening to our generation and the next generation and the next generation, and ongoing like that. Can you tell us about the land out there that you're trying to protect? The land is a sacred site um, where it's a no-go zone um, where no one allowed to go on the, on, on the land itself. So that's that's um, that's it's, it's a sacred it's a sacred secret site and um, uh, yeah, so that's it, that's how sacred is it is for us. Amazing. Um, is there anything else you'd like to tell people about your land, the campaign against the Uliri mine, or? Anything else you'd like to put out there at the moment? Yeah, um, we um, our tribe was actually the one um, who who actually started the um, the heritage stuff across uh, across the board. With um, uh, they they tried to um, going to a minor sacred site of ours before, uh, on another story, and it uh, our people went running off to the. Um, the Prime Minister at the time and telling him all about what's, what what will be happening, um, uh, what's going to happen out here if, if they desecrate the site. So in, in doing so, um, 
the uh, Prime Minister at that time um, uh, put in this Heritage Act for our, our people, and it's been here ever since. So um, because of that reason there, um, we, we're still fighting for our, our, our sites and stuff. And how long ago was that? Um, that was um, that was in the seventies. So, That's a long fight. Yeah, and um, this is early seventies, and this the uranium stuff. Um, Ulleri was it's well and truly over forty years. So, so um, uh, yeah, so that's what we're we're on about to stop the uranium from happening and looking after our sites. So it was a big, good decision last week. Then it, it was a fantastic. Um, uh, a decision that was handed down. I'm hoping that um, the minister would um, would he- adhere to the um, to what uh, the the own state um, the EPA uh, EPA has put into place. I um, hope so too. Yes, well, we're hoping. I want. I want. Um, the rest of Australia hoping as well that that it will uh, that he will listen to that and 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 rule with that decision. Mm. Is there anything specifically you'd like people to do to encourage the minister to make that right decision, or just to donate? Um, we can um, they they can start writing also to the minister. Just try and write to the minister to to tell him. To um, to adhere to the um, EPA's decision. Excellent. We'll try and get as many people to do that as we can. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time today, Richard, and congratulations on winning such a long, hard fight to protect your country. Thank you. It must thank be exhausting. You. Yeah. I'll thank everybody else as well. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. You're listening to The Radioactive Show, heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. And we've just been hearing from Richard Evans about the importance of community support for the campaign continuing at this point. More than 850 samples have been taken from the Yuliri Project area, which has identified 73 species of Steiger fauna. Of these, 11 species are currently only known from the impact area. One of the points made in a joint submission by a coalition of environment groups was that the project be rejected on the grounds that the Uliri subterranean community, a priority one ecological community, comprises a series of highly endemic, diverse stygofauna and troglofauna species within multiple calcrete habitats. The impacts of the proposed Uliri uranium mine predominantly the associated groundwater drawdown, pose an unacceptable risk that could see a number of subterranean species become extinct, particularly 15 species that are currently only known from the direct impact zone. The EPA rejected the proposal on this point alone, ignoring many other factors that Indigenous communities and environmental groups consider important. The proposal was assessed at the highest level of assessment, a public environment review open for public comment for 12 weeks and attracted 169 responses and a further 2,946 pro forma submissions. While environment groups have welcomed the EPA's recommendation to the Minister to not approve the mine, they are concerned that other significant factors did not influence the decision. 
the Conservation Council of Western Australia have been working with traditional owners to build a strong case against the mine, and I spoke to their nuclear-free campaigner, Mia Pippa, about the win. Hi, Mia. Please tell us a little bit about the Yuliri campaign up till now. Well, Yuliri has got a long history. It's first discovered by WMC, who operated the Olympic Dam uranium mine for a long time. Um, back in the 1970s and 80s, they did some trial mining um, and transported the ore to Kalgoorlie for processing, brought the tailings back to Yuliri. Um, so that site has had a lived experience, really, of, um, of really poor management um, and a huge lack of really rehabilitation, fencing um, or any signage about, about the risks of that test site. Um, and so the communities up there have this have this strong memory about those issues. Um, and the community up there has been fighting against the uranium proposal at Ulleri for over 40 years. Um, so in when uh, BHP Billiton took over WMC, they also acquired the Ulleri deposit and they did... Um, they put in some, some of their environmental assessment documents for, for Ulleri, but in about 2012, BHP sold the deposit. So they'd really stopped stopped progressing it, I think, when the uranium price started to drop after Fukushima, and it's gone further down since, uh, since then. And uh, there's also some really significant environmental issues at, at the Ulleri site um, around the subterranean fauna, um, which I guess we'll talk a little bit about later. But uh, so when BHP sold that, Cameco, the world's largest uranium company, who are based in Canada, they they picked it up for close to half a billion dollars, and uh, yeah, have have just started to really progress the environmental assessment of of that site. Also, in terms of the history of of that site, um, the the Aboriginal community in that area has for a long time fought against that mine so it's been really over 40 years since uh, since elders and the community started that um, that fight against the uranium project there and we really noticed it when BHP um, was trying to develop the mine because the, the native title rep body there um, released a media statement saying we're no longer negotiating with BHP Billiton because there's nothing to negotiate um, we don't want a uranium mine here, um, and so there's nothing to discuss, which was a really strong, strong way for the community to, to represent that, um, their opposition. Amazing. What's special about the country there? Well, there's heaps. Yuliri is a really special area um, because of, of just the unique environment there. So kind of a mixture of mulga and shrubs and spinifex plains and clay pans so it, there's you know a fair bit of diversity there but the calcrete ore where the uranium ore is is um is really unique and that's what supports uh, most of the subterranean fauna population and also this salt bush known as atriplex so it's a fairly unique habitat uh, and environment there it's a really unique area um in terms of of the geology the uranium deposit there is a calcrete deposit and within the calcrete deposit is this really unique habitat for subterranean fauna. So there's these um, creatures called Steiger fauna which are diving beetles and blind fish and, um, and different kind of little crustaceans and water 
dwelling animals that live in the in the little water pockets around the Calcrete area under the surface. And so these stygofauna at Yaliri have evolved in this Calcrete area over millions of years in complete isolation from other subterranean fauna. Um, so they're really unique um, to that area. And so the project really threatens their habitat um, and their survival. And so last week we saw a decision from the Environmental Protection Authority that said this project shouldn't go ahead because of unacceptable risks to the subterranean fauna. So um, that's that's probably the most unique factor about Yaliri. Um, but as well as as well as the those little guys, the stygofauna and troglofauna there, um, it's also really rich in Aboriginal cultural heritage. It's part of a dreaming site. Um, and uh, the stories attached to that, that place are really stories about warnings, um, about not going there. Um, and in that, that language, Yaliri translates to Yalala, which means to weep, um, uh, to cry. And, um, and so it, it translates really to being a place of death. Um, so the community there um, have really strong understanding about that area and about their responsibilities around protecting that country and there's like a, there's a, a number of artifacts in the area and scar trees um, and other heritage you know artifacts that um, that should be protected and that are at a direct risk of being cleared or destroyed by by the project so um, there's a lot at stake in terms of the environment the ecology uh, and the cultural heritage values uh, Yaliri is really unique and and really significant Thanks, Maya. The EPA's decision now, how did that come about? The EPA's decision really is about the, the risks to subterranean fauna, so um, little fish and spiders and scorpions, diving beetles, all these animals that live under the ground permanently. Um, and so the, the EPA reviewed what was being proposed and really, they saw that the habitat of the subterranean fauna was going to be destroyed, was never going to be remediated to, to the same kind of values needed to support um, that habitat and that, that subterranean fauna population. Um, and so they, they said that the, the project was unacceptable um, and couldn't be approved because it, it was very likely going to cause the extinction of a, a number of different subterranean fauna species. You're listening to The Radioactive Show, broadcast across the country on the Community Radio Network, and we're speaking with Mia Pepper from the Conservation Council of Western Australia about the Environmental Protection Agency's decision last week not to approve Cameco's proposal to mine uranium at Yuliri. What was the process with the EPA leading up to the decision last week saying to not approve the mine? So because it's a uranium mine, it's got to be assessed by the state and federal government um, through what they call a public environment review or in other states it might be called an environmental impact assessment. Um, and so the, the proponent, Cameco, uh, had to submit a whole range of documents for assessment and the public got to comment on that, and we did. Um, but it wasn't just us that commented on, on the subterranean fauna there's also um, the 
West Australia Museum, the Department of Parks and Wildlife, um, the Department of Environment, and it was a clear standout issue in the assessment um, that there was that you know uh, really about 100% of the habitat of these subterranean fauna was going to be removed, and that post-closure, that habitat would be completely destroyed, like you couldn't return that habitat um, to how it was before. And so uh, so that's really the clincher for the decision for the EPA, was to say, uh, you know, that if this goes ahead, it, it could make multiple different species extinct. Um, and so as far as, you know, the, the EPA is concerned, that's, that doesn't meet their guidelines, and, and so they couldn't recommend to approve the mine but in saying that the, the rest of the EPA decision was fairly disappointing because they didn't acknowledge a range of other risks associated with uranium mining um, and definitely downplayed those risks to to the environment to public health um, to the neighboring pastoralists to the cultural heritage values um, and so it's kind of bittersweet this um, this decision we're happy with the outcome but not so happy with the actual decision. That's really interesting. So what happens now? Does that mean that the traditional owners can sit back and relax after 40 years of fighting this mine or not? <laughs> not, not so much. It's, um, I mean, there's definitely a sense of relief in the community and a renewed sense of hope. But this decision at the end of the day comes down to the environment minister who could... Uh, decide to approve the mine and in, in WA at the moment it's it's even more interesting because there's a, a amendment to the WA Conservation and Biodiversity Act um, and this amendment would give the Environment Minister powers to approve a project that would make a species extinct um, and, and they've called it, it's referred to as the God Clause um, and so this amendment is before Parliament at the moment and if that amendment passes through Parliament and becomes law then you know it's very plausible that the Environment Minister could could still approve this mine um, knowing full well that, that it could make a number of different species extinct. So there's there's a lot at stake and there's a lot on the table here in WA um, and we're yeah watching it and tracking it very closely and um, and doing what we can to to ensure or to convince the minister that um, that approving the mine would be a, a big mistake. And what support do you need and what can people do to help? So people can actually lodge appeals um, to the decision, um, which sounds weird because we like the EPA decision in part, but... Um, but uh, giving some weight to some of the other environmental issues and also supporting the EPA decision and encouraging the Minister to support the EPA decision. Um, they're all things people can do. So um, the Environment Minister is called Albert Jacob um, and he's with the WA Liberal Party. So you can find out his contacts online and, um, and send him an email and encourage him to support the EPA decision. Or you could go online and check out the Office of the Appeals Convener um, and download an appeal form there um, or check out our ccwa.org.au backslash Yaliri um, for more information on, on how to lodge an appeal. And how does it fit into the uranium mining context in WA? It's an interesting question. 
Yaliri is is really the I mean it's the biggest deposit and it's also probably the cheapest to access because the uranium's really close to the surface. So the costs of mining are, um, are less than some of the other projects like Kintyre, um, which is also owned by Cameco. So for a long time, Yuliri was really seen as as the one to watch um, and the most likely to get up because because of the the size of the deposit um, and how easy it was to to get to the ore. And there's also uh, a state agreement act that's attached to the Yuliri project, a little bit like the Roxby Downs Indenture Act for Olympic Dam. Um, the state agreement act for Yuliri gives it special privileges, um, a lower a lower rate of royalties. So a uranium project would, is supposed to pay five percent royalties, but this project is down to I think three three point five percent. It had a number of other kind of conditions where the state government was supposed to supply um, public roads um, and other infrastructure to support the mine. So, yeah, so there's a number of kind of of things that, that led people to believe that this was the one that would happen over the other projects. But again, yeah, the unique environment, I think a lot of people in the industry have known about some of those big challenges that... that um, that the company was going to have to overcome at Ulleri, and as it turns out, they haven't been able to. That's really interesting and useful context. Thank you so much for your time, Maya. That's great, and congratulations on the semi-win. Well, congratulations on the win. On the win for now. The win for now, and all the hard work up to it. Great. Thank you. You're listening to The Radioactive Show, broadcast across the country on the Community Radio Network. We've been hearing from Mia Pepper, nuclear-free campaigner with the Conservation Council of Western Australia. If you're inspired to take action, please contact the Minister and urge him to take the evidence-based advice from the EPA. You can write to minister.jacob at dpc.wa.gov.au or call 086-552-5801. The EPA's report to the Minister for Environment is now open for a two-week public appeal period, closing August 17. Appeals can be made at appealsconvena.wa.gov.au and more information on how to do this is on the Conservation Council website, ccwa.org.au. Thanks so much to Richard Evans and Mia Pepper for joining us on the Radioactive Show today. We'll be hearing a lot more from West Australia in coming shows with a month-long Walkadura walkabout now underway and the annual Australian Nuclear Free Alliance coming up in Kalgoorlie in October. You can donate to support the campaign by the Australian Nuclear Free Alliance website www.amphor.org.au slash donate or WANFA, the West Australian Nuclear Free Alliance at nuclearfree.wordpress.com slash donate. To sponsor a delegate to get to the 2016 Australian Nuclear Free Alliance gathering in Kalgoorlie, go to chuffed.org slash project slash ANFA 2016. And we'll post links to all these on our Facebook page. If you'd like to get in contact, you can email us on radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com. The Radioactive Show was produced in the studios of 3CR on the lands of the Rwandari in Fitzroy, Victoria, and is broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Thanks for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.